Hello, I'm David Darlington, one of the producers of the Big Finish Dark Shadows range of audio plays. We've been producing a series called Bloodlust, an ongoing 13-part serial. And if you haven't listened to Bloodlust, uh, go and buy, and don't listen to any more of the podcast. No, don't listen to another word of this, because we're going to tell you that it was who did it in the first place. (laughs) (laughs) Uh, Yes, that's the last time I suspect that we're going to beep anything out, so um, you've been warned. Uh, We recorded... uh, podcast discussing the series a few weeks ago but that was while it was still current we had only reached I think 6 of the 13 episodes having been released I've also um, been handed a couple of copies of the CD by uh, Ian Atkins which we're going to give away as a competition prize so if you fancy winning a copy of Bloodless Volumes 1 and 2 on CD uh, you just need to email podcast at bigfinish.com with your name and address and the answer to the question um what is the name of the town that Dark Shadows is mostly set in? We've noticed that Bloodlust has been uh, generating quite a lot of interest and comment on Big Finish forum site and on various other forum and review sites. So we thought uh, that there might be some interest uh, for people to hear a little bit more about the writing and production of the serial while it's still fresh in everyone's mind. And of course, this isn't just me talking to myself. I've been joined by uh, my co-producer and co-writer of Bloodlust, Joe Lidster, and the other two writers, Alan Flanagan and Will Howells. So, Joe, Bloodlust from the outset appears to be the story of Michael and Melody Devereaux arriving in our usual friendly town. Who are they, and uh, and why did we introduce them as our way into our thirteen-part series? The whole thing was a quite odd way of coming up with a story that basically our, the big thing we had to do was do the Hand of Potofi that was set up at the cliffhanger of Kingdom of the Dead, but do a story that was completely not about the Hand of Potofi because we wanted it to be accessible to new listeners. And it is one of the things I'm proudest of is that on the forums, <laughs> all the long-term Dark Shadows fans seem to forget about the Hand of Potofi and get sucked into the murder mystery, <laughs> despite the fact that, yeah, in my head it's like, yeah, but you are going to get to the episode. It just goes, yeah, it is just falling off from the cliffhanger of Kingdom of the Dead. Mm. At first, really, if I remember rightly, we couldn't think of a of what we were going to do. And so I think the thought process was, let's do our usual thing of have a new character arrive. And then we talked about we'll have Amy Cunningham, uh, or Amy Jennings, but we'll have her married, because we talked about having kids in it and stuff. Um, so we thought we can give her kids, Stephanie's really good, so we'll have her. We knew Matthew wanted to do it, and we thought of him as the baddie. Uh, as a baddie, because um, you'd talked about having different serial yes. elements mm-hmm. like soap. Um, and so we talked about, I might be making this up, so someone correct me if I'm wrong, that episode one would begin with Amy and her family arriving in Collinsport. Ten years ago I said I'd never return to this town, and here I am back. And then we, so we talked about that, and we talked about how Andrew could be a bit of a baddie, and then I think we sort of went, actually, wouldn't it be really cool to kill someone off? who you think is the main mm. character wouldn't it be really cool to kill Amy off and we said well we don't want to kill Amy off <laughs> and then someone might have been Will I don't know said well we could always do that in episode 2 and have a fake episode 1 where we have someone turn up and then and then I think we got excited about that then we got excited about coming up with the most American name possible <laughs> so Devereaux uh, from <laughs> Dynasty from yes. Dominique Devereaux that was a good that right? two hours yeah. of that conversation yeah. wasn't for it for me um, Devereaux is my childhood bus driver oh, right. <laughs> Dominique Devereaux was your childhood <laughs> bus driver things that, oh god what happens when the fashion industry drops you <laughs> yeah. um, and so yeah I think it then became we sort of went well, we could have um, a, 
another character turn up at the beginning of episode one, mm. say she's the new Victoria Winters, and kill her off at the end of episode one, and have episode two open with Amy arriving. Which wasn't in any way sort of inspired by spooks or torture no, or any of those everything, things. the killing and everything. <laughs> um, oh yeah. And then I think we went, well then that's what it could be, it could be a murder mystery. Mm. I think that's right. And, and yeah, and, yeah, so yeah, I think yeah. we decided all of that before we decided we were going to do a murder yeah, mystery. Originally, <laughs> originally we were very focused on it being a soap opera, and yeah. then we added, and even for ages we even said, even though we were putting the murder mystery in, because we didn't want anyone to know that was going to happen at the end of episode one, we talked for ages about not telling people it was a murder mystery, and we ended up mm. selling it as a murder mystery. Yeah. For, for a long time, the murder mystery part was secret, and yeah. yes. actually it's, it's become the... Well, I think we realised, although we wanted all the serial stuff, which we still had, so we oh, still yeah, had, yeah. like, I mean, it was you in one of the first meetings, Davey, with, that we had, was you talked about how you wanted a sort of Burke Devlin-type character, a, a human baddie who had mm. a story that was only for a few episodes and then got killed off, so we'd have overlapping stuff. Actually, how it developed was, all those individual stories that we came up with, then we tied into the murder mystery. Mm. So Andrew's death, Andrew's storyline is in no way related to the big overarching. Oh, arching, 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 arching. Um, yes. but then he gets killed off as part of that yes. murder mystery, and, and then we had to say, well, actually, rather than having another lone female like in the very first episode turning up in Collinsport, mm. let's make it newlyweds. Yeah, um, yeah, because actually, it's it's a difficult thing to always try and find a new way into Collinsport, and it's like, and it's we've now done it two or three times and managed to make it slightly different each time. Of someone turns up in the town. Well, sometimes on the train, them. sometimes they're in a car. I mean, it's yeah. on audio, it's a huge oh, difference. It's that sound effect button but you press. You've got a helicopter for this. Year. Giving, giving, giving Melody someone oh. to talk to was quite a big part. Of yeah, just making yeah, sure so, they, yeah, they were yeah. introduced to the town together. And then, as we were planning, like who killed who and why, mm. we talked about well, actually, it's got to be linked to the Potopi plot. Yeah, um, how could that fit in? We we don't want the killer to be one of the established characters who is now going to be a murderer we're going to have to lose yeah um, and then actually we said well who would be unlikely well let's make them a really loved up beautiful couple at the beginning because that in itself makes it unlikely that her husband will have done it mm. um, even though he should theoretically be the most obvious person um, and we kind of yeah, threw, threw the red herrings in that's and the often killer oh, yeah, yeah. Um, we talked about it wouldn't be rewarding to then suddenly go, it was David and Carolyn as part of the Hand of Potofi stuff, because if you were aware of Kingdom of the Dead, you'd that's, sit there and go... That's about all you oh, know so, about so, so the baddie was the people who were set up as the baddies at the end of the yeah. last series. Mm. That's, that's a surprise. And also, um, they're really core Collins family yeah. members who we don't want to turn into murderers. Yeah. yeah. Think, even think, under the influence, I think really. even, even though no character necessarily knew this, I think we, we had men characters say it, it can't just be David and Carolyn. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. 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 Just to be that was, that there is a killer that you don't know. That was one of the last... I think something I put in every episode of the last three or four episodes wasn't yeah. it I had to have Angelique say and it's quite ropey but Angelique says to Maggie at one point no I sense there's more to this and it's not just David and Carradin and that the listeners will still be rewarded with the reveal of a murderer in the yeah. next episode which I'm perfectly on board with that. Yeah. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Yes. and a murderer who was mentioned in, in the happier that's what I was about to say yeah. yes because he, we managed to squeeze in a mention of him mm. last year so we must have been, this guy's been in our heads for a while presumably yeah we, well, actually, I think it was still quite before the scripts were it was certainly before the scripts were written we suddenly went we will say that because then once you start once we start doing the murder mysteries you start having to go people have to be linked in ways yeah. um, you can't have a lot of individual people because you're sitting there going well I don't care mm-hmm. how they're, they're related so we suddenly thought well, well we could make Mike because I think actually, actually, I think part of it was we went. 
How does he people are going to suspect him? Mike. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Um, how can we make Inevitable, them not suspect yes. Mike because he's now going to be a lone, effectively a lone gunman or whatever in this series? Uh-huh. And so we sort of went, well, he could be at college with Amy, yeah. and we could set that up in The Happier Dead. Mm-hmm. Um, and then what we ended up doing was going, well, we need to make Mike an official suspect. Mm-hmm. We'll make him the first actual proper, well, the first suspect that the audience and Amy suspect. Following, yeah. While Ronda's chasing all the wrong people <laughs> I'm, I'm when we do it a bit in bloodlust but I try not to overdo um, I hate it in soaps when people have long lost family members yeah. or someone that oh, well I've known this person for years I've just never mentioned them yes. and we do that a bit like we give Ed Griffin a new best friend who's yeah. presumably very quietly drinking in the blue whale for the <laughs> last batch of CDs um, he was a bird for some he, was a, he was a bird he got sent into a bird so yeah we sort of went well we'll tie in with that and then we thought well actually we're doing the Amy dramatic reading uh-huh. Happy You're Dead we can have them mention it and, we thought, and so yeah she mentioned it and does a stutter which we then had to remember Micah to do in his flashbacks to yes. college scenes but he also, he also um, you know Mike has been thinking about Amy for years Amy hasn't been thinking about Mike she's not, she's not, not mentioned him because he was important she's not mentioned him because she doesn't care about yeah, Mike right. so, yeah. we looked at things like Twin Peaks and so we, there's a lot of strong imagery in something like Twin Peaks, the picture of her and the locket and things like that. So we talked about things like that. We talked about mm-hmm. even to the point where, quite ridiculously, most people say Melody Devereaux's full name. Yes, and they talk about all the time because yes. people talk about who killed Laura Palmer, who yeah. killed Lucy Beale. They don't talk about who killed Laura and who killed Lucy. Yeah. So we could, and although we weren't using that in the publicity, we thought, well, actually, we can talk about. You know, we'll publicise this as a murder mystery, yeah. like because at one point that that line of you know who killed Laura Palmer was actually really feeding that idea of we will have this. We want people to be saying who killed Melody Devereaux, and that's why we yes, that's but we we did yeah. run up against the, black, the sort of brick wall of what, but we don't want people to know that she's going to die. <laughs> yeah, so we can't actually say it out loud, yeah. but tell people of her. But by one. having people repeat it in the series, yes, hopefully uh, it does give her a sort of. Uh-huh. Totem kind Lower, of thing. Yes. yes um, so, I mean, it, that, I think my second favourite moment in the whole, I'll probably spend this whole podcast doing things that make me laugh, <laughs> is the very last line of um, episode <laughs> one, where um, Rhonda runs up, Rhonda runs up and Maggie goes, oh, Sheriff, thank God you're here. Um, this woman's been killed. There's no will written it. And I just went, no, it's got to be Melody Devereaux who's dead. And you're sitting there going, like she, was, want, she was only gasping for breath. Ten yeah. seconds. <laughs> you literally want the next 30 seconds of that scene where Rhonda will go, who? <laughs> and Maggie go well actually I only met her once she checked, <laughs> she checked in a little bit ago and everybody else is around again yeah I don't really know if she is I saw her in the blue yes, yeah, but yeah. It, it is cheesy it is it, it is technically a bad piece of writing yeah. it's not it's a. It's what we wanted that thing of yeah. that excitement of you go this is exciting you know you want people yeah. listening to it yeah. going oh my god I wasn't expecting it to be Melody Devereaux because yeah. she's the new Victoria Winters um, so you have to do you know and cliffhangers are great for that anyway because you can just put random stuff in like that <laughs> So it became a lot of it became about that because then we knew that the publicity of it would be we'd talk about the characters. We would say, these are interesting people. You want to know which one of them is a killer, which one of them is going to be a victim. Mm. Um, and I think, that's, they, they, I think yeah. this... Because this, uh, I, I know they were kind of conceived and recorded afterwards, but the... The, the stings that we did beforehand of like every character introducing themselves. Yeah. That was another nice thing where it would kind of feel like... Because I think that there's... There's certain kind of pieces of fiction that you kind of go, oh, this is quite, this is like nice, dramatic, blah, blah. But with this, it's kind of like, some, some stuff you watch, you go, okay, this is like a game. Mm-hmm. Okay, I've seen the first mm-hmm. episode, now what do I do? And then I get the second episode, I get more information, and you kind of put it together mm-hmm. as you go along, and it becomes this... And all the time that's going on, and you're, you're, you're coming back each episode to play the game, you're getting 
character development and plot yeah. that isn't related to that. You're, get, you're getting the soap opera mm -hmm, and yeah. enjoying the soap opera while mm. you've come back to find out what happens next in the murder mystery. You're getting all this other stuff as well on this rich landscape. Mm. Yeah. And some of those, I mean, you, you mentioned the, the little, what was it called, I mean, character trails of, of having people introduce themselves to you over just a very short trail clip on SoundCloud. And that seems to have worked in a way that it meant that some people, when they were actually listening to the show, not that you didn't have to hear these things at all, the whole... The program made sense without these little character trails, but it meant that some people, when the when the character finally turned up in episode one or two or three, um, they it felt as if you knew them already, mm -hmm. uh, and that was probably very helpful uh, in that way of just sort of go, oh, oh, this is where this one comes in. I certainly yeah. saw that in yeah. a review. I mean, yeah. I wrote those character trails, and they were quite fun to write because for most people, it was. Um, quite easy because it was we'd worked out by that point you know we knew everybody because pretty much all of them have some kind of dark secret that yeah, has to be revealed because yeah. it's very much um, the killing a bit like not knowing that Melody was going to be the victim yeah. kind of, we, we didn't want people necessarily going oh well, it's just a deputy we, you know when he gets introduced we don't know he might turn out to be the big baddie at the mm. end of it we don't know I, lo I love your selective me memory of forgetting that I wrote about three or four of those character trails <laughs> oh yes I you wrote, did I wrote about three or four oh did you oh yeah well, when I did all the ones I could be bothered to write <laughs> I then emailed them to and went do the rest <laughs> I, I really didn't write any of them I can, I can justifiably say that yeah I'd forgotten about that <laughs> yeah, actually, yeah, yeah. yeah yeah this is going to yeah. be fun uh, ten years Time just going. Oh, it was all me. Anyone's going to go online and search it, and it just says by Alan Flanagan. That's yeah. true. Yes. Ah, uh, the alphabet. So, what about things like the um, the casting procedure? Because obviously, we have um, you and I, Joe, both have uh, lots of people we know from slightly different spheres. You know, lots mm. of people from French theatre and from television. I know a lot of people who do audio work. Um, and this time, we had a lot of. We were having a lot of very fun discussions about what sort of ridiculously big names we could get in at one point. And we kind of then didn't go that way. I mean, yeah, why we, do you think we, we changed our minds? Well, I think... I mean, one thing is just the logistics of you have to go... You know, ideally, actors we know that we can guess in quite easily mm -hmm. will make the process a lot easier. For a lot of the characters, it was a case of, I know this bloody good actor, uh -huh. let's get them in. Yeah. Um, and in some cases, the characters were written for them like I think I messaged I think I emailed Scott Horan quite early on while we were still writing Harry and went would you would you be interested because he'd said he'd want to be in something else I worked on yeah, um, yeah. so it was things like that we talked about so um, and Matthew we knew was coming back um, but yeah so for Melody was the one we really talked about having a big name for Yeah, uh, and then it just became harder and harder you know we started checking options and ridiculous options and stuff and then we started naming ridiculous people who would have been totally wrong for the part but would have been great to have in Yeah, uh, and we talked about I mean at one point we did talk about well we could get this I won't say the name but slightly older actress and, and we could just rewrite the episode and then you start going oh we're changing the whole format to fit yeah. the fact that we'd have a bit of a star name in it um, you want Melody to be, be a, a young, beautiful woman. Mm. So then I think we then we remembered um, Catherine had suggested Daisy Torme a few times, uh, not a few times, but she'd she sort of emailed she, us been in touch more about Daisy, yes, uh, um, saying I've got this uh, friend, she's a really good actress, uh, and, we and an played, audio audio specialist as well. Yeah. She does voice work as basically exactly. what she does. Yeah. So we, I think that was it. We then realised that we didn't want if we gave Melody, if you know, if Joan Collins or someone was playing Melody Devereaux it actually makes Melody... You, you, I think people would well, suspect she's going to be the victim. Yes. Or 
it's, it's unbalancing the it point of the character. Yeah. Yes. It becomes yeah. who killed John, John Carter. John Carter. Yes, exactly. Yeah. Yeah. Or, or they're just disappointed that the person who you sold on the back of isn't here. Isn't here. So we did talk about that. Um, we had a bit of that with Mike as well, because we were talking about getting a big name to play Mike, yeah. because he was going to ultimately turn out to be the big bad guy. All you're doing is Mike's drawing focus yeah. all yeah. the time. Where it's actually and you want him to be the big guy in the Especially in the second half of the series, what we deliberately do is absolutely take Mike out of the picture. Mike is there as Maggie's soundboard. So people are hopefully listening to it going why is my character in it oh he's someone for Maggie to talk to yeah when she's the sheriff and stuff we also, also just me. note for the listener that Daisy's brilliant but oh yeah her dad is Mel Torme and her grandmother is Thora <laughs> Her grandmother is Thora Hearn. I mean, that is amazing. quite something. Yes. Um, That's a dynasty to come from. Yeah. Yeah. And she was... And she, wish she, <laughs> yeah. she was... I mean, she is just brilliant. She yeah. really gets Melody yeah. so right. I mean, for someone who's presumably, you know, who's come in and, and basically recorded a 25-minute episode or something, she really brings that character to life. She, you can tell she absolutely cared about it and, yeah. and really did some good She's work one of these there. people who, who kept sending questions. Yes. About, you know, the, right. Okay. Yeah. We're doing it on this date, and who will I be with? And, and yeah. What? So what? And you know, how do you want it pitched? And all yeah. It's like right. That's the sign. I mean, sometimes you're thinking it's two in the morning, and I don't want to answer. This <laughs> yeah. But you have to. You have yeah. to be aware that yeah, that question does need an answer. Yeah. And it's no. I mean, it was Marie Wallace who kept emailing me because um, every actor got sent the full script, and then the script that. Own the pe- that only had the pages they were on. Yeah, well, of because course, it was a hell of a script. Because it was a hell of a script. And you weren't, 50 you, know, pages or something. you couldn't expect an actor to read all of it. Yeah. Um, Marie was the one who, so she read the version she was in. Uh-huh. And, she, um, and Marie, again, is someone who very much cares and was emailing, going, yeah. well, why am I like this? What, what's this? And of course, she, she only read the, the pages she was in. So that, and obviously if you've heard it, which hopefully you have if you're listening to this, um, her character gets knocked out, gets attacked and put in a coma in episode four, and then only wakes up in episode 13. So she gets this script that has her character doing this, gets attacked, she then has her character trail, um, where she's get, so so her first question was, who am I talking to then? I thought I'd be attacked. <laughs> and then she wakes up from a coma and she's like, is that when did this happen? What's going on? <laughs> so I had to briefly summarise in an email to her everything that happens in six to thirteen and go. Well, this is what kind of happens. Um, <laughs> Tommy was quite a late casting. Uh, Mike Sean is a guy I know. I've seen in a few things, and the more things I've seen him in, the more I've gone. I'm desperate to write for you. You're an amazing actor. And actually, um, sense because Mike had worked for us before, but he'd basically yes, played screamed, he screamed all. Yeah. And we were thinking that was a bit of a waste, wasn't yeah. it? Yeah, that was it. Yeah, we knew yeah. he wanted him back. So, um, and you suggested the shell for Rhonda, did, yes, which yeah. we knew about. All the way through writing, I think we certainly certainly knew she was the plan. Yes, uh, um, Alex had been in plays for both of us. Yeah, but Alex uh, was the, a late addition because I remember Alex. Jackie was a character who, frankly, is a bit annoying. Yeah, uh, on paper, and um, I know David talked about well, I could get an American girl, you know, American actress we work with, and all this stuff. Uh, Alex is actually very English. Um, yes. So, uh, but I had got to know Alex through a few things I'd written for her and I'd seen, you know, other plays like Will had written for her and stuff, and. Um, What's great about Alex is she's a bit weird. If she can bring that natural 
likability and stuff, mm-hmm. it'll make Jackie a likable character. Yeah. And luckily, people seem to like Jackie. Whereas, I mean, crikey, we sat in the studio and she's, "Hi, I'm knocking on your window and I'm taking photos with your camera and I'm doing stones at your window and I'm dragging you to the beat." And after every line, you know, pretty much after every scene, Alex is like, "Yeah, I want to punch her." <laughs> and now Alex is actually really defensive over Jackie. Alex yeah. is really like, "I really like Jackie." Wally, Wally as Cody was quite early casting. Mm. Um, we'd work. We'd had obviously Wally had been in the Darkest Shadow. Uh, Wally was an actor I saw in a play who um, played a very geeky Will Howells type character in the play. Um, <laughs> Will Howells with, with tan and muscles. Yeah. yeah. And my friend, my uh, date. <laughs> uh, not, uh, you mean Will Howells? Yeah. It was the thing when I went to Wally's website and Wally has this most amazing physique. And he'd been playing this absolutely scrunched up little nerd who couldn't look up and all this stuff. And you realise what feel well, yeah. scrunched up. Well. Yeah. I'm but, very much giving out the same false impression. Yeah, <laughs> but it was. I just thought, oh my god, that was a much better performance than I even thought it was because you are so different to that. And now, I mean, everybody's obviously met. You know, we've all met Wally, and he's yeah. so confident, and yeah, you know, so. walks around in his vest and shorts, going, "Hey guys, I'm here!" And you just go, "Oh yeah." Also tied in with that was we had talked about. It's quite tricky on audio, and it's quite tricky not to get boring and political about it, but we had talked about ethnicity. Well, with Wally, it was... We knew we could then actually have a character who was explicitly not white. Yeah. Um, and so we made him a, a Native American, a gay Native American called Cody. Um, but, you know, but again, we sort of went, actually, the, the gay and the Native American stuff really doesn't matter. What's interesting is he's a bit of a geek, mm. and he hangs out with this girl, and they're the two kids in Colin Sport. You know, so... Roger, actually, Roger was the one where the actor really defined the character. Yeah. Um, we had, we'd da- devised the Kate and Frankie sort of dynamic, and their st- we'd worked out their story. Dark Shadows fans would have realised, hopefully, that Bloodlust mimics a lot of the early parts mm-hmm. of the show. Uh, and Frankie was meant to be our Joe Haskell character. Uh, he's just the nice guy. He's the hunk. Not, mm-hmm. Yeah, he's the hunk and the nice guy who has a, a normal job in the mine, likes a beer with his mates, um, so therefore he's clearly going to die but <laughs> at some point because he's just too nice. Uh, and so we were writing him as this sort of all-American lovely guy yeah. and it was just boring, mm. frankly. You were reading scenes between them and you were going, Kate is so interesting. Yeah, Kate is English. Sponge that it it, yeah, I mean, A, Kate is English, uh, so therefore she's sounds... incredibly interesting. Well, <laughs> but it, it, gave, it gave her a distinctive voice. Yeah. How we were writing for it. She had a good job. Know. She had a backstory. By the way, we've been casting this. Season, <laughs> yeah. Not bloody well done. <laughs> no, but um, and uh, and she had the drinking thing, and then we and the darkness of, the, of who, who she was and why she was in Collinsport. And he was just this nice guy, and we were all just writing him as I think bland. Basically, we were all writing him as bland. Uh, and then I'd seen Roger. I vaguely knew Roger and seen him in a couple of plays, and thought you're really good. But also Roger speaks like Frankie which yeah, he is yeah. very he's laid back yeah he's yeah. very laid back he's a real ladies man you <laughs> go to the pub with Roger he's brilliant um, he's, he's really fast talking and, and very American and all this stuff even um, though he's not no even though he's Dutch yes <laughs> yeah. Yeah, yes. although he is Dutch, he, yes. and he's going to LA so he has said he can do more Dark Shadows uh, but recording in LA <laughs> and I was like oh god actually that would just be really fun yeah um, you mentioned um have you mentioned Kate, of course, as Kate? well. Kate, because will, I, yeah. I was in the early discussions. I was no, no, no hard to ask that whatsoever. I was really against that idea because I just thought you're never going to convince anybody that Kate Ripperton's gone to live in this <laughs> town after what happened. To yeah, her. I mean, and I was, I was just thinking, no, no, no way yeah. is anyone going to buy that. But, but they did. One thing we try and do, I think, in the dramatic readings is have every character be interesting and go on a journey and 
usually die or go off and explicitly have a happy ending type thing. They, they have they get some kind of closure because of the structure of Beyond the Grave. Um, Kate doesn't get any closure. She's left in a kind of limbo land. And when we talked about when we talked about things like the killing influencing us, the killing has the politics side, the family and police investigation, the, the politics, the family, and um, the media. Mm-hmm. And Collinsport has this established newspaper. And uh, so we, we sort of thought, well, actually, we'll have the newspaper in it. We'll have that as a as a base for some of the characters or whatever. The one thing we didn't, we haven't done. There's a, there's a few moments in the second half where like a couple of people talk to themselves. But in the in the old dark shadows, you just get a voiceover of someone's thoughts. Yeah, all the time. <laughs> yeah exactly. <laughs> it's a very it's a very non soapy thing, and it's it's hard on audio because if you can't see that their lips aren't moving, you have yes, to like have yeah. an effect or What's something to say it's in their head. Yeah, yeah. Um, um, but yeah, we tend not to do that, even though it is actually a quite established thing dark in shadows. shadows yeah. And yeah, and then also we had to take the decision not to announce that Ursula was coming back as Susan and yes. that Nancy was coming back as Carolyn. Yes. I mean, Although I think that's a question, isn't oh, it? Is that an audience it? question? Oh, I shall have a look and see. It may very well be. I think that was an audience question. Well, there's two from Joe Hart. First of all, why was Barnabas wounded by Ed's gunshot in episode 13? That shouldn't happen to a vampire unless Ed had silver bullets. Okay, this is making <laughs> up the answer, but it's Maggie's gun. And Maggie is terrified of the supernatural. Maggie has silver bullets. How does Maggie afford silver bullets all of a sudden? She runs the Collinsport Inn. You know how much and do you know how many people they get? <laughs> how many people they get staying there who then die? She gets all their belongings. <laughs> it's the cursed inn. Okay. So, okay. As you know, um, yeah. No, I mean, to me, it's sometimes you have to go what's dramatically. You know, I mean, you wrote that episode, and, and Barnabas it was yeah. made sense to have him shot. Um, yeah, and I, I think as well, it's it was a case of just. He's he's mildly dispatched for yeah yeah he's only over yeah, for five it's minutes not, yeah. Yeah, so he's not. I feel, I feel like getting a bullet wouldn't wouldn't be the nicest thing in the world. No, but yeah, so I can't do if it doesn't kill you, it'll still knock you backwards. Yes. Yeah, uh-huh. it knock him out for a bit, you know. Yeah. yeah, but yeah, no. If you want to think, and essentially, you know, you can make these rules up as you go along. If you want to, and it's certainly, I mean, that is the most blatant example of is it Chekhov's gun. Is that yeah. thing yeah. where that gun is very explicitly set up early on in the oh, series? Oh, episode two, so that yes. Ed can steal it, so that he can, <laughs> so he can have one, one of my favourite cliffhanger lines. I'm going to go up there and I'm going to execute every member of the Carlins family. <laughs> this next question is an absolute cracker. Um, I can just tell. Is this from Joe Hart again. This is still Joe yeah. Hart. Yes, right. It was never made clear exactly how Andrew got the job at the paper. The previous editor left, and Kate took his spot, but he recommended she hire Andrew. Who was he, and how did he know Andrew? Well, actually, I think uh-huh. find is that what what Kate says is that uh, he her previous her, her predecessor did a runner and he left a letter recommending Andrew. So she has she has no idea that uh, in my mind anyway that letter never came from her her editor. So you think Andrew's? I think Andrew. I think did it all himself. So I think the editor went. Do you think he just did a runner? I think I think I think he just did a runner from, yeah. from my my point of view. Maybe Andrew ran him out of town. That's what I'm sure we did discuss. No. Oh, I mean, we did talk I, a lot about Andrew leaving his other job. I think um, I think Andrew just legitimately got the job at the paper through the old editor, uh-huh. but um, Michael's machinations got rid of the old editor <laughs> because the old the older editor was good yeah, at his job yeah. and was gonna and was gonna be too much of a danger, mm-hmm. and so um, Michael has arranged for the old editor to quote disappear. 
So, no, like, so no, like, so like, 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 who would be no, no I'm suddenly the editor, great! Who, who, who would be no kind of threat, uh, would, would replace him. Maybe he's blackmailed him or something rather than killed him. Okay, but, yeah. So he's gone, by the way, I've already appointed someone yeah. to... So he's like, he's had a letter the same day as he's going, and he's gone, someone's applied for a job here, well now there'll be a vacancy. Kate, you've got someone yeah. to take okay. over. Well, thank so you. there you go, Jack. There's two thank choices for you. you. Yeah. The sign of good storytelling. Entirely <laughs> contradict any answers, yeah. but that's fine. Right, uh, Scott Silver Nickel was is his uh, forum name, I think. Okay. Um, <laughs> I was about to say, that's an amazing that's name. That's cracker, isn't it? It's, I really wish that was my actual that's name. That's Shadow's name. Write is it? it down. Yeah, write it down. Silver Nickel. Nickel, yeah. Anyway, why exactly was Susan appearing after her death? Is she the new keeper of the Kingdom of the Dead? The practical, logistical, whatever reason is, we just went, oh, what a shame Ursula was killed off because yeah. she's so good. Uh, and then we went, and so we sort of went, oh, we all sat there for five minutes crying, going, oh, it's really sad, we can't have Ursula back. And then we went, oh, right, yeah, what's the series again? Dark Shadows. Yeah. <laughs> no one dies in Dark Shadows, they can always come back. Yeah. And so we just thought, we'll have her back as a ghost. And then we thought, actually, what's quite nice, because we, um, we weren't announced Ursula coming back, so that'd be quite a nice surprise yeah. for the audience, you know, because we wanted, again, to time with the serial elements and the things that like, we always wanted these elements to surprise you needed you know we were very keen that every episode had to have something in it that people go oh my god you know yeah. uh, and so you know right in that first one we didn't just want Melody's death to be the thing mm-hmm. you know the, which is the end of part one we knew we wanted surprises in that episode where you go oh! and, and the big one in that one is Susan's back you know yeah. um, and so we just said you know she's come back as a ghost and ghosts are a think, huge thing in Dark Shadows as yeah, well. there's, yeah, there's yeah, so, so much in TV shows fox- the, I, I, as the series progresses, because she's as, she, as much as anyone else, she's questioning why she's back. Mm-hmm. And as uh, as the series progresses, and she kind of feels like she's linked to the deaths that are happening, she gets the impression that she's here to kind of help Ed pass mm. on. And in the end, she is, but not in the way that she's thought. Yeah. Yes. She's there to help him to move on, not pass on. And yeah. actually, that and she that calls the ambulance. And she calls the ambulance, which is just a great line. Oh, yeah. That but, was my line. Wasn't the idea at one point that actually that was what function was going to be? Yes. No, Ed was because Ed was going to get killed off because that had always been the plan, kill Ed off because at some point Ed disappears between now mm. and. Uh, and I didn't. I, mean, I didn't. I didn't know that had been the plan in that. Just when we were discussing it, we talked about you know actually we don't really know where else we take Ed. Yeah. No. Um, there isn't a lot yeah. left to do. But, no, that we've done. But then, I mean, that's, I, that's one story. I think them, yeah. at the same time I was quite. I was quite against killing people just because we didn't know where to take them. Yeah, yeah. And like a lot of his, his like kind of shots at uh, at Rhonda in the mm-hmm. yeah. Oh, yeah, 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 he's yeah. brilliant at that, isn't yeah. he? Yeah, because Rhonda, because we like Rhonda, but also when he does yeah. say that, you kind of go, Rhonda, yeah. did you make a hames of like investigating his wife? Yeah, yeah. Like, it's like he, he's kind of right a lot of the time yeah, when yeah. he's being a bit nasty. And yeah, so I think yeah. yeah, we decided at the last minute not to kill him off yeah. but if you wanted anyone to help you turn back from the dark side it's Ursula because yes. she's the nicest <laughs> human being alive um, um, and, she, and she oh god she was a saviour to us in this oh yes because well. yes, she took over as director took over as director she was amazing and she was fabulous yes we, we, uh, we had no intention whatsoever of losing Darren Gross our previous director it's just that he was unfortunately he's not going to be at all available for yeah. the whole of the autumn we found that out and cried for a night and then, and then got Ursula to do it instead and she did it very well I, know, if I, see, I, I, I can remember that night oh I know yeah. yeah I was out and um, normally I'm always checking my phone and uh, that night I wasn't I can't remember you, you all made jokes about it in the podcast I'd have been out drinking so <laughs> yeah. but I was out doing something I was at a theatre or something or I think something. we might have been somewhere yeah. we might have been, yeah. been very yeah. Yeah. and I remember I woke up very early the next morning 
and woke up and was just like, oh, I'll just check my phone, check my emails, I was in bed. <laughs> oh, God. Because what I had was this series of emails from Davey going, we're doomed! <laughs> Please check your email! Why aren't you checking your email? We're doomed! We have no director! <laughs> and so I got up, possibly quite hungover, and just went into the went into, um, the laptop in the other room and did an Excel spreadsheet, almost in my seat, but this Excel spreadsheet going, right, it's basically the LA actors that we've got to worry about. So I went, here are the 25 speaking parts. Six of them are in LA. We know four of them quite well, and we know they're really lovely. And I went and then looked online and just went, Ursula's directed stuff, Jameson's directed stuff, this person could do it. I said, it's, it's absolutely fine, don't worry about it. And it was that thing where it was probably good I hadn't seen the emails the night before because oh, I would have been drawn into the panic, yes. the panic spiral. Instead, I woke up the next morning a bit hungover and just went, oh, stop. Because I think Davy's emails, you were, they were getting to the point of, we can't make bloodlust, we can't make last night. Uh, I, yes. I, I spent a year doing this. <laughs> uh, yeah, yeah, we was, are making bloodlust. I, I, I was on the edge of, yeah. oh God, that isn't going to I will work, post yeah. you to LA and you can direct it. <laughs> I think uh, I said for a morning, I was posting myself to yeah. LA to do it, yeah. Um, but I'm yes. so glad I didn't. No. Okay. Uh, but no, bless Darren, he's been lovely about mm. it. Um, which character was the easiest to write for and which was the hardest to write for? Well, I was really and looking forward to, to writing for Maggie and Angelique because I'd never written for them before on this. Um, mm -hmm. So I was had a great time in the episode because <laughs> um, I got to go crazy with them. Mm -hmm. um, because, yeah, I, I think that they were... Because there, there's so much to them that I was kind of any time I got to write for them I was like I'll have a good time but I was really looking forward to just getting a chance to, to lay into mm -hmm. uh, writing for them and then I think Kate was just a lot of fun to mm -hmm. write because um, she is ballsy and just didn't seem to care about anybody else in kind of the way she talked and she just had a great attitude and she's kind of burst into every room which is a nice a nice character to write for is yeah, someone yeah. who just owns a place when they go into it. Mm -hmm. uh, Maggie and Quentin leap to mind because they're so they're so long established. They have these rich histories and but at the same time I kind of feel I know what they would do in mm -hmm. and then this particularly Maggie. Um, and also Jessica actually. because um, you know she, that kind of traditional role of pub landlady. Um, mm -hmm. I know and the, we just had the word gossipy under her um, <laughs> yeah. and she's really just talkative and fun um, and you know, says too much um, so yeah she's quite she was quite easy to write for the established Dark Shadows characters mm -hmm. I just found incredibly you, you write a line and you know instantly whether that's something Quentin would say or right, yeah. they've got such distinctive speech patterns and the actors are so distinctive and so good so, so is it actually is it therefore is it harder when you're creating a character from scratch the newer characters are harder yes. like I remember when we when Alan sent us, you did episode, was it episode two? Yes. Episode three or something. Episode two and three. Or At, one, yeah, and I think it was episode two, and I think I certainly felt, I don't know what Will felt when he read it, that you'd completely overwritten Kate and Jackie to the point where they were vile. They were, <laughs> oh, yeah. They, because yeah. they were so, every line was this sort of Joss Whedon, clever puns and things like that. But actually what it really brought to us was that actually me and Will were underwriting them. Uh -huh. And so we needed to find that compromise because actually... With the it was only through Alan's horrible mistake. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Yeah. I mean, we get a lot of it, but it was, it was just, I remember Kate especially. Yeah, yeah, Kate had gone beyond ballsy and had turned into someone who was actually just horrific. Um, <laughs> just everything she said was just horrific to people and a pun and this and all this. Yeah. But actually what I think that really crystallised was that our newer characters needed to be as interesting mm -hmm. as... The older characters. Because we, we worked out the character strands for all the 
characters kind of that was one of the first things we did for mm. everyone was yeah. work out where mm. they what they were doing and for some characters you kind of find that they're they kind of get lost in the machinery of the plot so they, mm. they are required to do this or required to do that but then sometimes you step back because I, I remember I was re-listening to the series and even with Jackie you kind of you do get this arc of her and her mother mm. because you kind of go through this because in the first half they have a very combative relationship and mm. then in episode 7 Jackie stands up for Rhonda at the town meeting mm. and the final episode is that time that moment where Jackie thinks that Rhonda has died mm. and so you, you actually get a complete arc for her even though she's mm. not one of the main main characters so yeah. I think and we also we did kind of with, found that yeah we also did the thing with Jackie of her witnessing uh, Kate killing Eric this really affects her because there's that thing of I, I hate it's what I hate in horror a lot of the time is why is cracking why is cracking oh my best friend is just being killed oh no I'm really scared why is cracking why is cracking <laughs> yeah and it, with Jackie what I really wanted was actually she is quite a wise cracky horror teenager you know she is I want adventure I want you know I want murders to happen it's exciting oh let's find out who did the murders oh there's a spooky cable when she actually witnesses the absolute horror of a man being killed in front of her it absolutely stuns her mm. and you know and the two boys for once are comforting her she's the actual Sort of vic- not victim, but she's the one who is actually really shaken by what mm-hmm. she's seen. There's actually uh, it's, Scott's got another question, but we'll come back to that one because there's another guy, Brendan Crowther, has a question that's related to that, and it's uh, which character surprised you the most? Which is a subtly different question to the one we've just had. I think, and it's going to kind of bring me back to my beginning of my answer for the last time, but. Um, when I had to write, had to write, really wanted to and got to write, um, the episode 12, because I had 40-something minutes with two characters. And that Should have been 25. Should have been 25. Yeah. <laughs> Here we are. But that's really a thing where you can't, you can't leave, you can't go away, so you just end up having to dig further and further into them. So I was like, I, and I... Like I, I know Dark Shadows very well at this point, but I don't know every single thing that has yeah. ever happened to Maggie and Angelique. So I was like trawling through like old episodes and watching stuff and just trying to, and then trying to create stuff that fit in with their backgrounds. But you, you, it's that thing where you, I kind of just, I was surprised by. I was like, oh, this could have happened to them, or this did happen to them sometimes. Yeah, right, right. So that was kind of one of the episodes where I, it's like you just kind of throw into a hole and you go, okay, now. There's no leaving. You have to write for these characters, mm. and you find unexpected things. And it was a really, really. Nice but I think what you did brilliantly with that episode was you did find all that stuff, and you talked about Angelique blinding Sam and things like that. But I mean, it was always my big thing with that episode was the plots can't stop, just because we've decided we want to do a nice two-hander. Yeah. And I think what you really got was you kept it moving. It felt like Bloodlust was moving. It didn't feel like a sudden random episode of two characters from a TV series talking about their past. It absolutely everything was there. But I think it absolutely it, it, felt like in continuation yeah, the it, next episode of Bloodlust. It helps, um, I think, possibly because it's like episode seven. It's pretty much in real time. Yeah. So that even though it's like yes, okay, everyone else is headed off to do another strand of the plot, but only with them for those forty minutes. It's not as if you know th- this is a thing that takes place over an entire night or something yeah, like that. Yeah. For, for me, probably Rhonda and Ed, because because they are kind of they're there to perform functions. Yeah. Uh, yeah. Um, but actually, they both grow into. I mean, it, it was established, but I feel like it still grows through the story. Yes. And Wanda, yeah. you know, Wanda was new, and Wanda definitely grows, and she has oh. her her fall in her eyes. And she's and actually, her, yeah, she's kind of became by the time we actually started recording it, a slightly different person to how she was devised. I think as well, because yeah. she was very much a sort of tough ballbuster type in the original ideas. Like, I've got to be tougher than, than any of the men, and they're all yeah. dead. Um, and then you know, <laughs> every predecessor. Yeah. Whereas she's actually, yeah, she is that, but then you get to see behind that because she's she's yeah. got the daughter and. Yeah. and well, it's and just, 
isn't she? Uh, she survives us by being a sheriff who survives. Yes, yes. Uh-huh. which was yeah, that was her. That was the one thing. I think that was the first thing we said about her when we said we've got to have a sheriff. If we're having this murder mystery, you've got to have a sheriff. We need a new sheriff because the last one died again. What can we do to make this sheriff different? Because we've already had two or three, two sheriffs on audio. We can make this one different. We'll make her a woman. And she can live. <laughs> um, so that was it. Rhonda was the one character I think in all of Bloodlust that was safe. Rhonda was never ever going to die. Yeah, everybody else said. Everybody else. I mean, like Jask got killed off. Surprisingly. She's still was a death scene. Um, yes, yeah, she, well, she got a death scene. She got the death scene. Yeah. Um, actually, it's a bizarre one. The character surprised me the most is Deputy Hanley. Oh yeah. Because I really liked him, and um, because he really is written as a plot device. I mean, yeah. he really is there. I am here for you to talk to, Sheriff. And then in, we sort of went, well, before he dies, you've got to give him some, you know, a little bit more. So we started to, we moved in a little bit, like I think, is it in your episode, Will, where, you know, he's still loyal to her and he gives her the evidence. Yes, yeah, he, gives yeah, he, he gives her a motel sneaks, phone number or he something. He sneaks <laughs> around to her house and like, pretends he's not just handing over evidence. Yeah, yeah. So he did that and then he has a lovely, and, you know, and he's hardly in it. I mean, it was basically 15 minutes work for Dan's. Oh, it took Eric Hanley's lines. It, it took um, a barely longer than that to record to Victor yeah. Frost. Yeah. Um, but then he has a little, but then I, we give him that little moment of, in his last episode of relaxing in the bar. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Uh, and we give, and also we sort of went back and put in the little moment where he's the one who, um, is he slightly iffy with Maggie or Michael about the their actions? Yeah, he's he not happy about it. one line where he's just a bit like, well, you know, there's and kids quite, in the cells and or something quite, like that. Yeah, yeah. He, he's the one who meets Kate on the beach yeah. after Trask has been yeah. shot. And we, gave him, and we gave them a little thing. So it's originally really harsh with Kate yeah. because Kate's the bitch who always messes things up. Yeah. And, all that, all that. and then he realises, oh, she's actually quite upset by this. And he goes, oh, would you like it? So it was yeah, just seeding in those little things that actually then, this plot device when he gets killed off actually I find it really upsetting possibly yeah, more yeah. upsetting than any of the desk because there's something about him I don't know it's Dan's performance and the way we seeded in those little nice moments yeah. that's okay this character who's barely had 10 minutes screen time or whatever I actually really am sad when yeah. he gets attacked Scott also asked what exactly were you referencing in the last podcast that Joel did not want to happen ah, well, is this, like episode, is this was, episode 7 yeah yes. I, I was so I, I was uh, <coughs> we had some <coughs> strong conversations about oh yes I bet you did episode 7 and episode 12 because Joe quite quite rightly when I was hinting it in the last podcast I wasn't going to say quite rightly but quite rightly <laughs> um, Joe was concerned that if we did that that a meeting didn't sound like the most exciting thing in the world, and that a two-hander in twelve could be um, could be really dull. Yeah. Um, and actually, I was which I knew it could do. Yeah, because I, I, was, I love soap, so I know that. I was very keen on both of them just for the change of pace, mm. but also with seven, I I've been in enough dramatic meetings to be convinced it could be fine and the co- the compromise we came to because the other concern was we'd only at the end of episode six reintroduced Barnabas Quentin and Angelique all together and then actually by going off to the town hall meeting you'd have having put them all together you'd have then lost mm. Barnabas and Angelique for the whole next episode mm. so um, which, which I, we do basically that was yeah so quite sensibly we then have uh, the pre-titles of episode 7 deal with them yeah. and then we go into the real time thing and the other thing that wasn't in the plan originally that Joe quite rightly said well we, we need something else as well is the vampire attack at the end that makes sure that yeah. actually it's, there is something supernatural and dramatic happening mm. um, you know when Carolyn gets her fork out and stabs uh, <laughs> stabs Harry and um, so, so we, we, we're all thinking um, so, yeah, <laughs> where did you get those shoes so yeah Joe, Joe was, was understandably concerned about whether a real time thing would and a particular meeting um, would Oh, but I, and, and I, I think once once you suggested that, I I thought that will 
definitely work. I think that's what I, I remember finding. But I think, if I remember rightly, I think what the problem was was that the meeting thing was something that was decided up really early on, before we'd even worked out a yeah. lot of the plot and stuff. Yeah, we kind of um, just want to do that. When things developed and we worked out when characters were arriving or whatever, my concern was that episode six ended on We Are Reunited. We are the witch, the werewolf, the vampire. Oh my god! And then the next episode opened with, I call this meeting to order um, about things that happened in the last episode, and now we're going to talk for 25 minutes about... And I knew there'd be dramatic stuff in it, but yeah, my, my big concern was we needed that scene with yeah. Barnabas. Are you, much as it would have been great to do the 25-minute real-time meeting episode, it needed the scene with that in, and also it needed the scene with Ed in, and in the cell, because we needed to see that Rhonda had punished Ed yeah. for yeah. his uh, actions in the previous episode. Yeah. So that's why um, it's not completely real-time all the way through, yeah, yeah. because it did need those things. And the, I mean, yeah, it's brilliant the episode yeah, is fantastic mm. but it was always that thing my always concern was, it was the cheeky thing with the whole thing was that it's all very well going let's do a two-hander and as soon as someone said let's do a two-hander we all went yes let's do a two-hander oh yes and then it's going to be episode 12 of Maggie and G. but Bloodlust has to continue yeah. you can't because you, episode 12 had the risk of being something that's only rewarding to Dark Shadows fans who go oh great finally Angelique and Maggie talking to each other yeah. after 50 mm. years of TV and, and at one point we, we discussed doing the murder and reveal in episode 12 and then dealing with the 4 yes. and 13 and obviously that would be much harder if you know, yeah. so then you're going well do we move the two-hander back to 11 yeah. should, the, should the town hall meeting actually be 8 yeah. um, and actually, so the, the compromise I got as well as getting the Barnabas, Angelique and Quentin scene in as well as getting the uh, Ed in the Cell scene which also meant we got Susan in there as well because yeah. that was the thing we always, another thing you had to be careful of was we, we'd lose characters for episodes so Susan was a character you know we didn't want every character in every episode but you'd suddenly go Susan hasn't been in it for three episodes we've forgotten we've got a ghost in this series <laughs> yeah. we've got a ghost and we're not making the most exciting character but we or the compromise I had was it must never be returned, referred to as a town meeting it had to be a special meeting and I think I, I went through and I don't remember I, that at all oh I, I think I did I might have done that on the last draft I, when, when Alan said his last <laughs> draft I think I basically just went through and searched for the word town and replaced it with special because I just went it's a special <laughs> meeting it, once you say yeah, actually it was that thing of, once you actually went it's a special meeting. meeting that's been called about the events of Alan, you should yeah. go actually that's already much more interesting than saying it's a town yes. meeting yes yeah. for anyone who heard that episode Joe's changing of the word from town to special is what made it dramatic <laughs> <laughs> I'm glad you finally yeah. and I did and I did I, you know, let's not forget I actually researched the local government rules of Maine in the 1980s in order to check that it was an appropriate oh. yeah because um, me and Alan can god did you, <laughs> did you really <laughs> genuinely, genuinely whereas me and Alan were just like we'll just make Maggie Sheriff yeah, yeah. Well, well, it's really fun and we were like well I don't know if that can actually well, happen well, when, when we originally talked about it it was about her being mayor and quite, oh God, yeah. quite sensibly, given that that would have induced a whole other level of town administration, and the fact that what you were saying about the last lines not being things actually people might actually say, like "Arise, Sheriff Maggie Evans," yeah, yeah. such a brilliant last line. Why would you not make a sheriff just to do that line? Yeah, yeah. <laughs> but no, I mean, I mean, I think I mean, the episode took a bit of work, but. It was brilliant. Yeah, I mean, it was, was so worth it. It was that so was, worth um, it because it was brilliant. That was the hardest episode for me to write because 13 was jam-packed and 12 was very tricky because 12 was a two-hander because it was unending but jam-packed, episode mm. 7. So basically, you had to, it was very hard to identify... I think anyone who's written, if anyone's written for theatre, because theatre is very limited in location changes and like that, you have to identify turning points. Mm. Uh, and if you can't, then it becomes a complete mess. And I was just I remember writing it thinking... Wait, where is where are the actual plot points in this and, meeting? Um, this special and putting special in the attack meeting. that I insisted on. <laughs> uh, I, I think that was my idea for the attack. No, Ooh. no, no, Joe, Joe, no. Joe, 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 you two were both. You two were both. 
no, there's enough drama in the people talk, which there is. But I was going, there needs to be something. There needs to be a, an attack. Or and again, I think that tied into. Although I didn't necessarily think it at the time of every episode had to have a, a shock in it. Mm. And so I said, there needs to be a vampire attack in that episode. There needs to be. That's because they need because we we always have to keep the horror elements in mind. I mean, that's the tricky thing, especially with Bloodless, but genuinely with Dark Shadows, is you're doing a soap opera and it's supernatural and it's this and it's this. I mean, the one that I often find on myself giving writers on dramatic readings is, you know what, forget the plot, just have two minutes of people walking around a dark room mm. being stalked by something. I said, you know, we'll find a way to put it into plot, but I said, at the moment, you're all plot and all character and it's beautiful and all this stuff. There's nothing actually particularly scary about it. And yeah. Dark Shadows always... In. And that was my thing with the town meeting episode was... Special meeting episode, as it should. Uh, here, special meeting episode. Here, I always be Did you meeting. feel the drama rising? <laughs> <laughs> um, but it was that thing of going. It needed something in it that wasn't ju- that wasn't just brilliant character development yeah. and but dramatic. It's, it's, you know, it needs a moment where the lights go out and it goes. Oh, oh, that's scary. Speaking of turning points, I, I will uh, reveal that in the uh, in the Blood Lost Awards for the uh, current historical society, I voted for. Uh, Ronda's you never stop going on about it line as my favourite line from the entire oh series oh. I just remember when because you know I listen to the the um, dialogue edits and dialogue edits are actually awful to listen to yeah. just no matter how brilliant your actors are you listen to a dialogue edit going oh my god this is terrible <laughs> what have we done why is every actor terrible why are all my lines terrible why is this terrible why did I employ Will and Alan they can't <laughs> this, is, this is absolutely you, 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 do. you listen to a dialogue edit and that's genuinely really thing you, like you just say go this yeah. is the worst thing in the world ever we've created then you listen to the effects edit and go, oh, it's good better. Then you listen to the f- music and everything. You go, oh, that's good. <laughs> but yeah, it's the one. Mo- there were two couple of moments in the dialogue edit throughout, like the f- last line of episode one. But yeah, the the line of Ronda saying, "Have you never seen just shut up? Going yes, shut up. Never I, seen to shut yeah. about it." I because I just made me cry with laughter hearing the dialogue. But my, I think my my favorite thing about like I just because I think of all the characters in the entire show, Ronda's the one who most closely aligns with what. I would do because <laughs> even like because even she's up against Maggie and at one point she's Maggie's like oh you have to listen to us and, and Ron is like fine I'll listen to you okay it's supernatural but who's doing it <laughs> yeah, like, yeah. Ron is just the, the only logical person left yeah, in town uh, yeah. and, and I feel like at that point I would have been like yeah Mike yeah. Well, Mike did stop showing up about it because he was lying though. Yeah, yeah. Yes. I, I remember getting that script and just getting to that line and going wow <laughs> <laughs> So you were talking a minute ago about like listening to dialogue edits, and, and obviously episode twelve is one of the big sort of focal points, if you like, because um, we decided Joe and I came to the conclusion as we were listening to the dialogue edit of episode twelve, um, this isn't going to need music. Music would have been intrusive a lot of the time. We ended up putting the occasional little bit of quite ambient music in it because we thought, you know what, this actually works without it, which isn't always the case mm. uh, when you're doing that sort of character piece. You know, so we were. We were very pleased with how that episode was turning out, even at that stage. Which, as he says, listening to dialogue edits can sometimes be a little bit soul-destroying. And actually, and was that, that was... Yeah. Um, <laughs> for, the most soul-destroying thing. Fortunately for a two-hander as well, Lara and Catherine recorded that together. Yes. yes. So yeah. actually, well, yeah. it was much and more you can tell. playing off each yeah. other. I, I'm so glad you that, that, that happened tell. that way. Yeah. Um, and obviously Ursula did, and Ursula directed that. Yes. I think she took a, a, a morning to do the half hour. Because I, 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 I would like, I would, I would love to sit down with Lara and Catherine and just ask them what that was. Because presumably for, it was, for them it was interesting after so yes. long being on the show, well, being part of the show, to have because no, like no, no two characters characters ever got that much time alone no, together on the no. show, and just having yeah. the both they of did. Them. Um, are they are they in the Last Judgment? 
Is that, is that final, final, judgment. Final, final, final judgment? Final judgment. It's, 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 it's Gisette's 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 and Andrew. Yeah. 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 Yeah.
oh my god I nearly so worked cool. it all out and then I just got the good one because she's much cleverer than me because it's actually it's, it's much better than you just being miles away from yes it, obviously it? Yes. Yeah. yeah but yeah so that was really nice when Laurie said you know he said you know he worked he, because he was actively engaging with it he was sitting there working out well how does yeah. you know somebody who wasn't into and audio drama or Dutch audio, so he was listening to it and really working out the mystery great just seeing people going oh hang on they mentioned puncture marks could that mean that so and so that she was drained of blood in the hospital yes yeah. yes it can oh. and, and even just little things of someone going but wasn't there a mention in the last episode that someone had broken into the hospital yes. that I really yeah. I, I, I barely even noticed that line in the script you know and it's just uh, but it's great that people were there doing it oh, we are. do you remember the, cl- the clues the in about the keys the keys everybody must mention the keys in episode <laughs> one and two so Maggie has that oh, Maggie has that memory and she's like here are two sets of keys these are the ones to let you into your separate rooms but these on this separate thing will let you into the hotel and then Ed's like they've left their keys behind <laughs> and then Mike at the end of episode two I still had my Mike keys. at the end of episode two yeah has that bit where he comes in in a daze and goes Oh, I, oh, I had to get out of the hospital and I'm really upset about Melody. Luckily, I still have my keys. Anyway, here I am in the hotel. <laughs> <laughs> because it, we needed... To, but you do, you need to put stuff like that in. And it is that way of trying to hide it in it normal dialogue. Almost, but it is yes, that thing of going, no, you know, we need to set up Ed as the murderer. Um, or as a suspect. <laughs> he needs to have lied about the keys. He does. Ah, the keys. Um, the, final, uh, the final sort of... It's, it's a comment rather than a... a a question really but it's a guy his name apparently is Andy Ritz it's just not a name that I know from the forums or anything like that so he's on a whim I decided to subscribe to Dark Shadows Bloodlust and all I can see is it's been absolutely phenomenal I've never seen Dark Shadows but it looked sounded interesting so I made it my late Christmas present to myself and I'm glad I did uh, are there any plans or rumblings of more mini-series like Bloodlust in the future? But that's perfect, that isn't it? A new listener. You know. yeah. well, that's that's that's, we've, got, we've managed to get a lot of yeah. people. Mm. And, this and, a, and a new viewer for a show that finished 45 years yes, ago. Yes, um, yeah. Mm. It's pretty but yeah, no, to, to answer Andy... I'm so sorry. Thank you, Andy. A, yes. and B, we have plans, um, but it all depends on sales. Dark yeah. Shadows is a series... Um, it's not like the Doctor Who range, which is continuing uh, a continual, ongoing thing. With Dark Shadows, it, it's basically a year by year basis. Yeah. We get told they've just sold enough. You can have some more, or you know, whatever. Um, and at the moment, we are still making another run of. Uh, yes, we've got. We've to, never come up with a better um, for dramatic readings. But yeah, yes. we've got the next six dramatic readings, which are all explicitly set after Bloodlust. Some of them are framing sequences set after Bloodlust, telling a story that's happened in the past. But they all move the characters on from Bloodlust. Uh, and we have plans. Oh, I've not told Will and Alan how Bloodlust 2 would open. Oh, right, okay. Theory, Let's which not I can't do it say. Yeah, yeah, I won't say one of my friends <laughs> yeah. on here. Yeah. Um, yeah. But this is because already there have been arguments between me and Davey about what who can come back in Bloodlust 2. <laughs> so we would love to do Bloodlust 2. Uh, well, it would be called Bloodlust 2, it would be something else. Yes. Um, oh, yeah, you keep hearing bloodshed and things like that. Don't you? Bloodline. Bloodbank. Bloodline. Blood yeah. um, we found yeah. a shed. This box is Blood pudding. Blood pudding. <laughs> mm. But um, yeah, so we'd love to do more, but it does. It literally depends on sales. Yes. We don't know. And so it's like, I mean, as grateful as we are to everyone who's who's bought this and who's made marvellously enthusiastic noises about it, keep doing it. You know, yeah. keep keep telling everyone you've ever met how good it is, and Christmas. they should all buy it. Yeah, yes. birthdays. Because you know, if that if that doesn't happen, we probably won't make any more. So, <gasps> so you have to do that. You have we to. We will make more because it's in my head already. Best <laughs> opening scene ever. It's a very good opening scene, yeah. but not while the mics are on. No. Thank you very much. Uh, well, Howells and. Flanagan, Joe Lidster, I'm David Darlington. We'd like to be back with you again sometime. Coming soon from Big Finish Productions. (gasps) Joe, is that you? (gasps) 
you? Where am I? What the hell? I know you. You can What's your name? Devlin. My name's Devlin. <laughs> Dark shadows. And red all over. Hey, lady. That yours? What? Well, it says Mrs. Maggie Haskell on it. And that ain't me. Give me that. Maggie, we have Joe. If you help us get what we want by sunset, he will be released unharmed. Oh, God. <laughs> Look, there, near the trees. What? Men. I can't see. Are, are they men in suits? They won't let you leave. Why are they just standing there? What do they want? And why can't I see their faces? <laughs> the ink is a South American organization with fingers in everything. They are very secretive. And rumor had it that they are mixed up with the occult's black magic. Mukumba, as they say in Brazil. Oh, come on. Black magic. You don't believe in the supernatural, Maggie? Of course not. <laughs> it's hot like fire. Fire all around me. But it's not hurting me. The flames aren't hurting me. Burke... Where are you? I'm on the plane. Everyone's in their seats, and they're burning. They're dead. I'm surrounded by the burning dead. <laughs> Maggie, quiet for a second. What? What is it? One of them, watching through the window. It wants you to turn around. 